This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Welcome to Raw Beauty Talks. I'm your host, Erin Trelore. Ready to peer behind the highlight reel and all those polished pictures of the world's biggest influencers and wellness experts, we're going to uncover what beauty, health, and wellness truly means in today's world. As someone who really struggled with disordered eating and negative body image, I became a health coach because I'm passionate about redefining health and wellness so that it's less about the weight on the scale and more about how we feel. Let's pull back the curtain for some raw beauty talks. Hello, raw beauties. We're going to have another conversation about S-E-X today, sex. You're probably wondering, why are we having so many conversations about sex lately on the Raw Beauty Talks podcast? Isn't this supposed to be about health and wellness and body image, intuitive eating, self-love? And I feel like sex is part of the conversation around health and wellness. And it is especially part of the conversation around self-love. And it is absolutely something that ties into body image and pleasure and all of these amazing things that I want you to be able to experience in your body. I also think that there's so much shame around sex, so much that isn't talked about. And on Raw Beauty Talks, I'm all about discussing the things that we often feel shame around and that aren't always talked about in other places. So I am so excited to have Vanessa Marin joining me today. She is a licensed psychotherapist who specializes in sex therapy. She wants you to stop feeling embarrassed about sex and to start having way more fun in the bedroom. Vanessa has a bachelor's degree in human sexuality and sociology. She's been featured in hundreds of articles and publications like, oh, Oprah Magazine, Harper's Bazaar, Refinery29, Real Simple, No Big Deal, just a couple of places. She also has an incredible package of programs that she teaches. If your kids are with you, depending on their age, you might just want to push pause and wait until you have a glass of wine and just some alone time. Either way, let's dive in. Vanessa, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me, Erin. I'm really excited to (laughs) chat with you today. What an intro. (laughs) How did you get into this work? Like, how does somebody become a sex therapist? And what does that conversation look like with your parents when you're like, this is what I want to do, mom and dad? So my interest in this field was actually kind of inspired by my parents. It boiled down to, you know, their attempts at giving me the talk. I remember, you know, I was 11 or 12 at the time, and I had a really close relationship with both of my parents. We talked about a lot of stuff openly, and I remember how embarrassed they were trying to talk to me about sex. So my version of the talk was just my parents saying, if you have any questions about sex, you can ask us, <laughs> you know, so that was it. And, and me I too. Knew, yeah, it's like, I knew in that moment, they're saying I can ask them questions, but I'm really not supposed to ask them anything. And so that moment stuck with me. I had no idea that sex therapy was a career or anything like that at that time. But I just remember thinking like, why was that so embarrassing? Why can't we talk about sex? 
And so as I got older, I just kept coming back to that moment and trying to figure out like, how can I find a way to like make a career around this? How can I help people get more comfortable talking about sex and recognizing that it's something normal, natural, it's part of all of our lives in one way or another. So how can we just talk about it? And that's really, you know, my my career has has gone in so many different directions and it's been really exciting, but it, it does all boil down to just helping people talk about sex. And it's great now because my parents, despite that initial embarrassment, I think having me pursue this career path has actually opened them up in a lot of ways. So now we talk about sex really openly. They openly tell their friends and other family members, like, our daughter teaches women how to orgasm on the internet. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) My mom said she just told that story at jury duty like a couple of weeks ago, and I just died imagining her like just so proudly in that courtroom telling the judge. They've showed up on our Instagram stories. We've asked them questions and stuff. So it's it's really created like kind of family-wide healing around this topic, which I'm just so proud of. That's so cool. I love how you use the term healing because I don't think a lot of people look at the discomfort that we have around sex as being something where there's an opportunity to heal. It's just like, this is what it is. You talk about it in private If you have fantasies or you have interests or whatever, that's kind of weird and just keep it to yourself and everything's hush hush and it's just not talked about. I'm starting to see it show up a lot more on social with vibrator companies who are paying influencers to talk about self-pleasure and things like that. Why do you think it's important to have conversations about sex? I think that the best thing that we can do for our sex lives is talk about it. It's so funny. Like the best thing you can do for your sex life, you don't even have to take your clothes off to do it. (laughs) But I think the most basic thing that it does is it heals us to talk about it because there is no way for us to grow up in this society getting, on the one hand, we're bombarded with sex. On the other hand, it's such a taboo topic. And all that we see are these really unrealistic depictions of sex. We get these really unrealistic, you know, expectations in our minds. It's kind of all around us, and yet we're not given any actual tools or resources. And we're taught to have a lot of shame and embarrassment around it. So I think just starting to open our mouths and just talk about the topic, it's a really revolutionary thing for so many people because they've never done it before. So it's a way for us to all start that healing process of recognizing, okay, what is all this crap that I've been taught to believe about sex? And what is it that I actually want for my own sex life? What's going to feel good? good to me what's going to feel exciting and pleasurable and intimate and connecting like talking about it is the first step to all of that fast forward to the end of 2024 think of your goals for a second what can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding if you want to learn a new language you absolutely should get Babbel. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that really don't help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversation, and Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teachings so you're ready to practice what you learned in the real world. If you're heading to another country, 
country anytime soon, start using Babbel a few weeks before you go to learn basics like how to order food, ask for directions, speak to merchants without having to consult language apps while you're away. So fun. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash raw beauty talks. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash raw beauty talks. That's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash Raw Beauty Talks. Rules and restrictions may apply. This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line founded by the fabulous Jennifer Aniston. Jen got tired of the same old struggle we all face, choosing between hair products that work and ones that are actually good for us. With Lola V, that dilemma is history. We all put our hair through the ringer. That's why it's crucial to have products that not only repair the look of the damage, but also shield your locks from future harm. Enter Lola V's bestsellers, the Glossing Detangler and the Perfecting Leave-In Conditioner. They're your hair's new best friend. Friends. For a limited time, you get 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com. Just use the code RAWBEAUTYTALKS at checkout. Lolavie is all about naturally derived plant-based goodness, no silicone, sulfates, parabens, or gluten, and of course, cruelty-free and vegan. That's 15% off your order at lolavie.com with promo code RAWBEAUTYTALKS. You can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Tell them I sent you a over. When I think about sex, and I would love everyone who's listening right now to just take a moment to think when you think sex, what images come to mind? For me, so many of the things that I initially think about are the images that I've seen in movies. It's stuff that I've seen in magazines on like perfume ads, as lame as that sounds, but it's this like stunning, sexy woman who has zero body hair. She's got like glossy legs. She's got perfect perky boobs. There's an intensity around it. There's definitely like nothing wobbling. There's no weird sounds. There's no weird smells. It's like just, I don't know. That's the first thing that comes to mind. And when I think about real life sex, it feels different than that, which I think is probably part of why we feel so much shame around this. Yeah, absolutely. So I've started talking about this idea of sexual perfectionism. I think Mm -hmm. a lot of us struggle with this because these are the images that we see where everything just looks picture perfect. Nothing is wobbling exactly as you said. Nothing awkward is happening. Like everything's just flowing smoothly, right? And so a lot of us have this idea in our heads that, that sex should look that same way. And when we're in the moment with our partner and like, we can't figure out how to get into a certain position or he keeps slipping out or somebody <laughs> My farts. vagina so like, farted. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we both went to the farts at the same time. <laughs> it's like, you know, we get so embarrassed and ashamed and that causes us to really shut down. And so, I, you know, I think a lot of us are really, you know, we, we deal with perfectionism in a lot of other areas in our life too, but it really can creep into the bedroom and it becomes paralyzing. You know, I hear so many people tell me like, I don't even want to try a new position. I don't want to tr- talk about my fantasy. I don't want to like, you know, get on top because I'm so embarrassed about it not going perfectly. How do we start to let go of some of our perfectionism in the bedroom? Because I know people right now are like, oh my gosh, this is me. I feel like it has to be perfect in order to do it. How do we let that go? So this can be a process, but I want to give you guys some, you know, some initial steps to get started. So the first thing that I would think about is 
what kind of qualities do you want your sex life to embody? So most of us have not spent any time thinking about what do I actually want for my own sex life? We have all these ideas of what sex is supposed to look like, and it's pretty wild that this is such an intimate thing that we do with our bodies, and yet most of us have not taken that time to think about, well, what is it that I want here? And so obviously, like, what do I want question is a huge one. You could spend an entire year thinking about that. But I think it can be really interesting to think first about like, what are the emotional qualities that I want to experience during sex? So for me, like my husband Xander and I, we have a really playful sex life. And that's super important to me. I don't want to be serious all the time. So we can be really playful. Sometimes we're really goofy. For somebody else, that might not be the kind of vibe that they're going for. Maybe for them, they want it to feel serious and intimate. Maybe they want it to feel really slow and connected. So taking the time to think about like three to five words, what three to five words would you want to use to describe your sex life? So that can be a great starting point. I love that. Okay, everybody write down your words. Major bonus points for anybody who screenshots it, tags at Raw Beauty Talks and tells me what words um, would best describe your perfect sex life. You don't even have to give us any, you don't have to like tell the whole world what you're writing about. Just write your words. We'll know. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. I love that. So yeah, that's a great starting point. And then another really important thing for us to do is to allow ourselves to try new things. So everybody's heard the advice, like try new things in the bedroom, right? Like this isn't anything revolutionary, but most of us don't actually allow ourselves to try anything new because of that sexual perfectionism. We're so worried of like, I don't know how to do that technique or do that position or, you know, talk dirty or something like that to my partner. And so I think it's really important for us to give ourselves that permission to try something and for it to not go perfectly the first time. So if this idea really has you freaked out, start with stuff that seems really small and manageable. Like I'm all about baby steps. You don't have to jump into the deep end of the pool. Like let's just dip your toes in. So is it, you know, I'm going to send my partner a sexy text message and like, I don't have to see the look on their face. I'm just sending it as a text (laughs) message. Like it's okay. You know, is it something like that? Or is it in the moment when we're having sex, I'm going to allow myself to just like move my hips a little bit and see like what different angle can I hit if I move my hips. So like just make a little small change that can get you so much more comfortable with building up to making bigger changes but really having that mindset of this does not have to go perfectly every single thing that I try there's something for me to learn there so maybe Mm. I try you know I send my partner this naughty text message and I use a word that I'm like "Mm, it doesn't sound like me it doesn't feel like me great that's a piece of information you got now you can use a different word the next time so if we look at it as like all these different you know many lessons that we can learn so nothing's a failure it's all just information I love it another really great step for this is also talking to your partner about it because your partner is probably really unaware of the anxiety or the self-consciousness that's coming up for you and this is an opportunity to have a really intimate connecting conversation with your partner and to tell them like Hey, I want to try something new, but I'm finding myself feeling really, you know, anxious or embarrassed. I'm picturing all the ways that it might go wrong. And you can even tell, like, tell your partner, what is your worst fear? Do you think your partner would laugh at you? Do you think your partner would break up with you and, you know, want to be with somebody else? Like air those fears out. And Mm. I can almost guarantee you that your partner is going to say something like, you know, I would rather us 
play around in the bedroom and try new things and sometimes they don't go well and we have a funny story that we laugh about later like I'd rather do that than us just doing the exact same thing every single time for the rest of eternity right and so like no thank you (laughs) you. just airing it out like that like it can be so powerful and such a great conversation to have I love how you shared that example. It gives people a bit of a script to use if they're uncomfortable talking about these things. That makes it feel so much easier. Okay, so we talked and just touched very briefly on how these images that we see in media or pornography can impact the way that we expect sex to be. I'm curious to know, because a lot of women struggle with body image in the bedroom, they want more out of their sex life, but they're so aware of their own body and how it looks that they find it challenging to really let go and to relax and to have fun with sex. Do you think that these images that we see are impacting what men find sexy? Oh, no. (laughs) I'm just going to laugh at that one right away. So I want everyone to come over to our Instagram account. The handle is Vanessa Marin Therapy. We have a highlight called Body Love, and I want you to watch that because I think it was just last week I was sharing with Xander some of my body insecurities that come up, some of the things that I find myself thinking about during sex because, look, we're all human. I do this work for a living, and I still catch myself thinking like, ooh, my belly looks a little weird in that position or like there's some cellulite. And so I shared some of my insecurities and I put up a question box and asked women like, okay, what insecurities do you have during sex? And I was reading them out to Xander. I was even showing him like, okay, look at how my arm like jiggles when I have it held up like that. And the look on his face was priceless. Like all these things, he was just like, what are you talking about? I don't even know what cellulite (laughs) is. Why do I care if your stomach looks like weird in that kind of position? And it was so healing. You know, we got so many DMs from women saying this was unreal. Just listening to his reactions, seeing how confused he was about these things. It was really powerful. And I think at a certain point he said, you know, when I'm having sex, the last thing on my mind is being critical about your body. Like he couldn't even comprehend how could those two things happen at the same time. He's like, I'm having sex. I'm having a great time. (laughs) I'm happy. I'm happy. Why would I, why would I waste any brain space like looking for things to be critical about, about your body? And we got a ton of DMs from guys in our audience too who are like, yeah, I feel the exact same way as Xander. And I really wish my partner would believe me when I said that. So rewind that part and listen to it again. Men love our bodies. Women love one another's bodies. Like we are not being picked apart at this microscopic level that we pick ourselves apart. So really notice how your partner reacts. Really allow yourself to challenge whether or not it is true or false and then move from there. Okay. So We've also got this image of what sex should look like. Kate Winslet. So in Maravie's sound, there was a sex scene and they were going to edit out her stomach. And she was like, no, women need to see this. I have roles. Don't you dare touch my roles. Leave them in. This is important. So they did. Everyone's talking about it. I personally think this is really important. What are some other things that are very normal in sex that we don't necessarily see? 
happening for other people, like in media or movies. Pretty much everything about <laughs> sex. You see such a manicured version of sex in movies and on TV, but like we have bodies and bodies do things. You know, we're going to sweat. You're going to fart. You're going to have issues with like cleanup where it feels like really messy. You know, there's going to be scents involved. Like everything <laughs> happens during sex and we never see any of that in the movies. So yeah, and all the other kind of like little awkward, I'm putting that in air quotes, bits of like trying to figure out, well, what position do we do next and how do we get into it? And, you know, what do I do now? You know, there's just so many little moments like that where it's not this perfectly orchestrated, you know, beautiful flow to things. Like sex is awkward. And I think rather than trying to get to the point where it's not awkward, like it's it's so much more fun to just embrace the awkwardness. Mm, I love that. When you say that sex is fun and playful for you, what does that look like? Like what is fun and playful? How do you keep it light and not so serious? Yeah. So we are definitely, you know, we've really created this atmosphere with each other where we feel, you know, we allow each other to try new things and not have that performance pressure on it. So we will definitely try positions and it will be like, Yep, that one's not working out. We have a foot height difference between the two of us, so we have a lot of positions that uh, I'm, like, staring at his nipple. You know, a lot of stuff can go, can go wrong. So I am not the most skillful dirty talker. So both of us have had instances of, like, saying something dirty talk, and we both just, you know, burst out laughing because it came out sounding really funny. And then we'll just, you know, sometimes we'll just make jokes with each other and talk to each other during sex, yeah. too, so it feels connected between the two of us. We can be really silly and goofy about how we initiate sex with each other too. All throughout the interaction from the beginning to the end, you know, there are moments of us just being us in the bedroom. We're pretty yeah. goofy and silly outside of the bedroom too. So for me, that's that's another really important thing that makes sex feel authentic is I feel like the person that I am outside of the bedroom is the same as the person that I am inside of the bedroom. I'm not trying to play this role of this like super sex vixen, you know, who's really seductive and has perfect confidence. It's like, yeah, I can be, you know, I can be silly and I can make jokes and laugh inside of the bedroom too. I don't have to pretend to be someone I'm not. Let's talk about orgasms. Why is it harder for some women to orgasm? It is not harder for women to orgasm, but it seems that way because the way that we've been taught to have sex is all about the man. The way that we've been taught to have sex completely prioritizes male pleasure. So when you think about the word sex, like if I say picture a couple having sex, you're going to picture them having intercourse, right? But intercourse is not the activity that feels best for female bodies. All of our pleasure comes from the clitoris. That's really the center of the universe for female pleasure. The clitoris has two to three times the nerve endings that the entire penis does in a much smaller area, right? So Whoa. it's just, and it's also the only organ in the entire human body of any gender that only exists for the purpose of pleasure. So the clitoris is really freaking cool. <laughs> and yet, wow. intercourse does a pretty terrible job at stimulating the clitoris. I mean, I'm 36. How am I just learning that I have this? I mean, I obviously know that I have this spot that feels really good, but I didn't know that it was 
had more nerve endings than even the penis. Yeah, two to three times the nerve endings. I have this funny comparison that I like to make, which is, you know, so, you know, our vaginas, that's where we're getting stimulated when we have intercourse, right? Mm -hmm. The vaginas have so few nerve endings, you can't even really find a proper scientific tally of them compared to the clitoris has eight to nine thousand nerve endings in it. So this funny comparison that I like to make is that intercourse for a woman is kind of, from a nerve ending standpoint, it's kind of like the equivalent of, playing with a man's balls. So it might feel good. It might be kind of fun, but you're not going to find a man who will say like, yeah, that's what I want to do every single time. That's what's going to make me orgasm. And that actually is even being generous from a nerve ending standpoint. If we really want to be a little more accurate, it's kind of like rubbing a man's knee. You know, so think about that the next time that you're having intercourse. And if you're like, you know, there's so many women who don't know this and they feel broken and they're lying there during intercourse thinking like, I'm hardly feeling anything. This doesn't feel good. What's wrong with me? Why am I broken? You know, I'm never going to enjoy sex. So imagine, imagine that instead of you lying there, that was actually your partner and you're just rubbing his knee. You know, like, would you be thinking the same thing? Like, what's wrong with this guy? Why is he broken? His body's so weird. He requires so much. Why can't he just have an orgasm from this little knee massage? Like, it sounds crazy, right? It sounds totally nuts for us to talk about it in that way. And yet, these are the expectations that we put on women when we think that we should be having orgasms from intercourse. Mic drop. Oh, (laughs) my God. Send this to your partners right now. Tell them to start listening. We'll make sure that we put the little timestamp on it so that you don't even have to explain all this to them. They can just listen to this part because this is so so eye-opening. And then we have a lot of women who are faking orgasms because that's what they've, again, seen or that they believe they should be doing, which just leads everyone astray because the men don't know what's happening. They don't know that it's not – they're not quite hitting the spot. So it's not really their fault. What are your thoughts on faking an orgasm? So I completely understand the impulse to fake an orgasm. Like so many women feel broken and ashamed and embarrassed because they've been taught to believe this is how my body should work. And men have been taught to believe that this is how women's bodies should work too. It's not like, you know, all there are like millions of assholes just wandering around there. Like, yeah, I just want to do what I want. Like men have been misled too. No, men want to give us orgasms. They enjoy that part. And seeing us pleasured. Absolutely. Um, And I also really understand this on a personal level too. Like I actually struggled with orgasming with a partner for a really long time, even as I was starting my training to be a sex therapist. And so I really understand all of that, that shame and embarrassment, that fear that comes along with it. I faked so many orgasms. Um, And for me, you know, I got to this point where I started feeling really resentful of my partners and even towards like just sex as a whole, because it felt like this is so one-sided. I'm not getting anything out of it. I'm spending all of my energy and attention, like putting on this great performance of this like incredible orgasm just for my partner's benefit. And like, I'm literally getting nothing out of this experience. So I totally get the, you know, the impulse to do it. And I understand how harmful it can be in practice, especially the longer and longer that you go on. And so for me personally, like I finally hit this breaking point where I was, you know, I just felt so awful about my sex life. I felt this horrible imposter syndrome because here I am studying to be a sex therapist and I can't even figure this out. Um, And I hit this breaking point and realized like I am not going to fake it anymore. I am really not. I am going to finally learn, you know, how to get there with a partner. That actually was another 
another huge part of my, you know, my journey with this business. The first course that I created was called Finishing School that teaches women how to orgasm. Because once I finally figured it out for myself, I was like, I need to share this information. <laughs> Every woman needs to know this. I want them to be able to go through the same journey that I went through. So yeah, so to any woman out there who is currently faking it or has been faking it for a long time, mm. I totally get it. And I'm really sorry that you're in this place of feeling like, you know, you've been you've been lied to. You've been lied to and you've been led to believe that your only option is just to fake it. But that is not the only option. You absolutely can learn whether it's with finishing school or, you know, something else. Like I want you to get to the point where you can learn how to have orgasms and recognize that there is absolutely nothing wrong with your body. I love that program name, Finishing School. <laughs> Without giving us like all the details of your beautiful course, are there like one or two things that women could work on if they're not experiencing orgasms right now that might support them in getting to that space? Absolutely. So the number one thing that I recommend is masturbation. We have yeah. to learn how to you know, connect with our own bodies, how to bring our own bodies pleasure before we learn how to get there with a partner. And I know that word stirs up a lot of big feelings for most women. You know, So many women tell me like, I just don't want to go there. I'm so embarrassed about it. And I think it's really important for us to recognize we were taught to be embarrassed about this too. Like we grew up with so many messages about, you know, good girls don't do that and shame about our genitals. Like, oh, they smell bad and they look weird. Like, why would you even want to you know touch that i hear from so many women way you know later stages in life who say i even feel ashamed just washing myself in the shower because that's how strongly i've been taught to feel ashamed of my own body and so i think the process of us overcoming those messages about masturbation that's a huge part of the journey in and of itself too when we can recognize like there is nothing wrong with my body there's nothing shameful about my body and recognizing like Learning me, learning how to bring my own body pleasure is one of the most empowering experiences I can have. It also is shown to support a more positive body image. So masturbation has so many benefits. It can improve your mood. It can help you get to sleep faster. It definitely has huge impacts on your body confidence. It can even regulate your um, cycle. It can decrease stress. Like I can go on and on. There are so many amazing benefits to it. That's your action step from today's episode. Go get yourself off. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. Okay. Initiating sex can be really challenging for people. There's a lot of fear and anxiety around that. And like, what if they turn me down? All of these things. What are some ways that you would recommend just for people to play around with initiating sex? You mentioned sending text, a sext to somebody. Any other fun ways? So my favorite technique for initiation is to ask your partner. So go to your partner and say, I know I'm really shy, or I'm really embarrassed about initiating sex, I wanna get better at it. So tell me, what are three ways that I could initiate sex with you that you would love? So that way it serves so many purposes. Like one, you're going to get specific ideas of how to do it because so many people say like, I want to initiate sex, but I don't even know how to do it, right? So you're going to get specific ideas and you're going to know that your partner likes those ideas. So that's going to give you the confidence to do it. So, you know, I could tell someone, yeah, just go up behind your partner and, you know, squeeze his butt or something like that. And like maybe some partners like that, but maybe your partner doesn't, you know, right? (laughs) So if you're getting those ideas directly from your partner, it's just going to do wonders for your confidence. 
I love it. And you're starting conversation around sex too, which is one of your first tips. So perfect. I love it. Best tips for creating an exceptional sex life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> just a small little question. Yeah, just, just a quick one. Let me give my 30-second answer. Yeah. <laughs> so definitely talking about it, which we've already discussed multiple times. Mm-hmm. But another huge one is for you to think about sex more actively too. So a lot of people will tell me, you know, I never think about sex. I'm just sort of waiting for it to like pop into my head spontaneously. And that just doesn't happen for the vast majority of us. So I think it's much more powerful for us to make this conscious effort to think about sex, to like bring it into our minds on a daily basis. And it doesn't need to be anything intense. It could be you just take two minutes to daydream about the last time you had really great sex with your partner or, you know, one of your favorite memories with your partner. I can also give another little plug for our Instagram channel too because we do stories every single day. Xander and I talk about, you know, different topic and even if it's something that doesn't directly relate to your life, it still gets you thinking about sex. And the more that sex is just, you know, on your mind, it's a topic that you're thinking about, it creates this incredible comfort with it. Like a lot of people who follow us on Instagram say, you know, now I feel like I can talk to my partner about sex or I can even think about sex on my own the same way that we can talk about the weather or what do we want to have for dinner. Right. It just becomes a normal part of your life. It's having those repetitions of just healthy experiences with it, healthy thoughts about it, healthy conversations about it, because we've had so many repetitions of negative messages, right? So we need to have all those repetitions of the positive stuff. So the more kind of exposure you have to it in a healthy way, where it's just like, oh, yeah, let me watch this two-minute story and let me think about, oh, yeah, fantasies. Huh, that's something I haven't thought about in a while. You know, it just creates a, a much healthier relationship relationship with sex. And like any media, really being aware of what kind of messaging you're taking in around sex. So the conversations that you're having with your husband, it's different than following a porn Instagram page. I don't even know if they have those, but you're just, you're receiving different messages and and viewing sex in a different way, which is really beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. You talk about sex personality types a lot over on IG. What are some of the different sex personality types and how do they mix and mingle together? Yeah. So I created this model of 11 different sex personality types, and it was originally inspired by some work I was doing with clients. They were having a good amount of sex, but they were both feeling really unsatisfied. And I started thinking about like, The frequency is obviously not the most important part of it. What is it that's missing? And so I I ended up going back through all of these client notes and I was trying to look for like, what is it that makes people think that sex is good? How do we each define good sex? Because it's so different. It's so unique for us. And so I built out these different personality types, which are all based around what is it that you're really looking to experience in the bedroom. And so it's, you know, there's nothing scientific about it. It's just like a fun thing. But I think it's such a great way to get the conversation started and for you to understand yourself a little bit better. So for example, one of the types is the explorer. And the explorer Mm. loves trying new things in the bedroom. And to the explorer, it doesn't matter if these experiments go well or not. Like for them, it's just this idea of I'm trying new things. I'm kind of being a little adventurer. 
Mm. Um, there's another type that is called the giver. And I actually, despite, you know, we have a lot of stereotypes about men as being selfish in the bedroom, but actually a lot of men are givers. Yes. For them, their main thing is being able to give pleasure to their partner. So yes. I'll have a lot of clients who say, you know, yes, I love experiencing pleasure. I love having an orgasm on my own. But what really does it for me is when I can tell I brought my partner pleasure. That's like the main thing to them. You can go through all of them. We have a quiz on our website that you can take fun. a look at. But it's just fun to see like, okay, am I a little bit of that one? No, I don't really like that one. Ooh, no, that one is definitely me. And then you can talk about, you know, with your partner, which one do they identify? as. And then we have a, a guide that we give out after you take the quiz. It's all for free. Um, and the guide goes through like, here's how the different types match up, you know, because you and your partner are, you know, 95% likely that you're going to be different types. So how do you guys match up and balance that? Like, okay, my partner's looking for a little bit of this. I want a little bit of that. How do we meet in the middle with that? This is so fun. And just one more way to have some conversation around sex with your partner. So if both of you do the quiz and then have a conversation around it, I feel like there's just so many amazing tools that you're offering. We'll obviously link to that down in the show notes below. So you can click on that, do the quiz, send it on to your partner and report back. Screenshot the episode and just tag like, I'm an explorer. Yes, exactly. Tag both of us. Let us know what your sex type is. I'm so excited to hear from all of you on this one. All right. It's almost time to wrap up. I want to leave everyone with some tools. I'm recognizing that not everybody is in a male-female partnership by any means, but I was curious. One of your, your stories today was around another beautiful free handout that you have, I believe, on blowjobs. I'm wondering if you can give some blowjob tips or oral sex tips to finish off this episode to leave people with just that one extra thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm really glad that you brought that up because it's, you know, inclusivity is very important in our business. We never try to make the assumption that we're only talking to male, female couples. So yeah, we do have these four play guides that we've created with really step by step tips. So we have four play guides for female pleasure and four play guides for male pleasure. So you, you know, regardless of the your genders, you guys can buy which ones you want or buy both of them together. But we are all about like step by step tips because we think that's something that's really lacking in the conversation is like, you know, yeah, you'll hear people say, try new things or like, yeah, give a blowjob. But then people are like, well, but how? Like, what do I do? Can I get some instructions over here? And even finishing school is is really step by step of exactly how to masturbate because so many women are like, but I don't know how to do it. And that makes me feel embarrassed. Okay, let me think of my favorite blowjob to, I'll give two. One of them is so underrated, but I really think that the thing that makes the absolute best blowjob is your enthusiasm. Your partner can tell if you're going through the motions and you're not really wanting to do it versus if you're really enjoying yourself. And so we do give tons of, you know, specific techniques and tips. But what I always tell people is like, find the techniques that you genuinely enjoy doing because your partner's going to be able to tell. Yes. You know, and so if totally. you can, yeah, if you really like play that up of like, this is so fun. Oh, you're so big. Like, I'm going <laughs> to play with you tonight. You know, like just really show your partner how excited you are to be doing it. Your partner's going to be so turned on. You don't even have to do any great techniques. <laughs> <you know? laughs> um, so that's one. I have a more practical tip too. 
the thing that a lot of people get wrong, women in particular with blowjobs, is feeling like you have to deep throat it. And that makes uh, us so anxious, right? Because you're like, I'm going to gag. I'm worried I'm going to throw up on it, you know, like all this stuff. So you do not have to do that. So your hand is your best friend with a blowjob. So I like to say right. the hand provides like the tightness and your mouth provides the wetness. So your mouth can even just be playing with the head of his penis. You don't even have to have that much, you know, going into your mouth, especially if you have a sensitive gag reflex or your mouth gets tired. Focus on using your hand the majority of the time to create more sensation, more tightness, more pressure, and just play with the head of the penis with your mouth. That's going to make a, so much better of a blowjob than you trying oh to shove Life the whole thing down hack. your throat. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like that also plays into number one, which is enjoy yourself. Because if you're gagging and throwing up on them, like it's not that enjoyable. So not that it's, enjoyable. Now it's like... <laughs> Okay, that is amazing and just a taste of what you would get inside all of your beautiful programs. I feel like having this advice and just being able to talk about these things a little bit more freely, having some step-by-step -step guidance, and also remembering that there is no normal for sex. So allow yourself space for curiosity, to ask questions, to talk about it a little bit more. If you're not comfortable screenshotting some of the things that we talked about today, please head over in the DMs. I really want to hear from you on this one because I think this is something that we need to talk about more as we become more comfortable in our bodies as women and as we step into our power and, and accept more pleasure in our lives. Thank you so much for joining us. Where can everybody find you? You can find me at Vanessa Marin Therapy on Instagram. Um, would love to connect with anyone there. Shoot me a DM. Like I love saying hi to people. In our highlights, we have like a free guides highlight. We've got that body love highlight we were talking about earlier. So definitely scroll through those and watch our stories because we're always popping up on there every day. Also, our website is vmtherapy, V-M-T-H-E-R-A-P-Y.com. Um, we also have a ton of free guides there. You can check out all of our courses like Finishing School and the Foreplay Guides. We also have stuff about low libido, mismatched sex drives, male performance anxiety. So go check all of that out. But yeah, I would love to connect with any of your listeners in either of those places. All the things. All right. Both my kids are at bike camp and my husband's downstairs. So got to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See you all gotta next go. week. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for taking the time to listen to this week's episode. Please take a moment to rate, review, or follow on your favorite podcast app and share this episode with someone that you think could benefit. Join the Raw Beauty Talks community at Raw Beauty Talks. And remember, it's your story, your body, your mind, and your journey. So think about what resonates with you and leave the rest behind. I'll see you next week. Do you ever feel like you're struggling through motherhood? You're not alone. I'm Erica Jossa, host of the MomWell podcast, therapist and mom of three. Join me each Wednesday as I sit down with guests, including psychologists, pediatricians, psychiatrists, fertility specialists, lactation consultants, and more to unravel the myths of motherhood. With expert advice, practical tips, self-love, and some coping skills to help you along the way, you can become the mother you want to be. Listen to the MomWell podcast at momwell.com slash listen or on your favorite podcast platform.